Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. He cares about the person uh, who has committed a, a sin uh, uh, and, and deserves to die. Th- those things have to be carried out, and we're going to look at that. But he also cares about the person who does it un- unintentionally, because we know that because we're sinful man, we have this old nature. And if you're born again, you have a new nature. But we still have this old nature bubbling under the surface. And if we're not careful, circumstances bring about our anger and our frustration. Are you ever surprised when you think that you're doing really well in your walk with the Lord and He allows something to happen in your life and you just are boiling mad and you're surprised by it? everyone, and welcome to this edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob begins chapter 19 of the book of Deuteronomy. In this chapter, God lays out instructions for the cities of refuge to be separated by the nation of Israel. These cities were designed to be a refuge for someone involved in a capital crime against their brethren until an organized review could be conducted. We know that our God is a God of order. And we know that he cares about our situations enough to correct our actions in a manner that is orderly and just. Remember, even though we may be born again, we still have a sin nature within us. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. And Lord, um, we believe you put it on our hearts, Lord, to, to just reach out uh, into, our, into our community, Lord, and just to love on people. Lord, you love people, and Lord, you reached out to people. And Lord, help us to do that as well. Help us to share the love of God, to be loving ambassadors of you. And may you work in us, Lord. May you remove any fear from us, Lord. May we do it in groups. And, and Lord, may you be encouraged, uh, and may we be encouraged. And may it bless your heart, Lord, to see us confronting things that we haven't confronted perhaps ever. And let's do it together, Father. And so... Um, you order our steps, Lord, and if there's anything that we've put our hand to or are thinking that's not your will, Lord, cut it out. And if there's anything we're missing, add it, Lord. It's that simple. So would you please do that? And we also do lift up Pastor Jeff and Linda and just pray, Lord, that you would cause him to be even greater and more effective there in the prison ministries, Lord. So please bring these men to Christ, Lord, every single one of them. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 19. Last week we were looking at the last part of Deuteronomy chapter 18, and we talked about this, this new prophet like Moses, and, and we looked at how that was prophetic of Jesus Christ. And we looked in the Old Testament here, and we also looked in the, in the New Testament where several places where People were wondering who Jesus was. Are you that prophet? They even asked John the Baptist, are you the prophet that is to come? And the prophet that was to come was this 
verse here in Deuteronomy chapter 18, specifically verse 15. And so that is what that was about. And then as we get into chapter 19 tonight, it takes a little bit different of, of a turn, and we get into what we call the cities of refuge. And so what I thought we'd do is just read the first 13 verses of it, and then we'll get into it. And I'm hoping to cover uh, chapters 19 and 20. Um, we'll see how that works. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten through two chapters in a night, and that's just because of my uh, insecurity. <laughs> okay, so anyway. When the Lord your God has cut off the nations whose land the Lord your God has given you, and you dispossess them, and their cities, and in their houses, you shall separate three cities for yourself in the midst of the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. You shall prepare roads for yourselves and divide into three parts the territory of your land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, that any manslayer may flee there. And this is the case of the manslayer who flees there, that he may live. Whoever kills his neighbor, notice, unintentionally, not having hated him in time past, as when a man goes to the woods with his neighbor to cut timber, and his hand swings a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree, and the head of it slips from the handle and strikes his neighbor so that he dies, he shall flee to one of these cities and live. Lest the avenger of blood, while his anger is hot, pursue the manslayer and overtake him because the way is long, and kill him though he was not deserving of death, since he had not hated the victim in time past. Therefore I command you, saying, You shall separate three cities for yourself. Now if the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he swore to your fathers and gives you the land which he promised to give to your fathers, and if you keep all these commandments and do them, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to walk always in his ways, then you shall add three more cities for yourself besides these three, lest innocent blood be shed in the midst of your land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and thus guilt of blood shed be upon you. But if anyone hates his neighbor, lies in wait for him, rises against him and strikes him mortally so that he does die, and he flees to one of those cities, then the elders of his city shall send and bring him from there and deliver him over to the hand of the avenger of blood, that he may die. Your eyes shall not pity him, but you shall put away the guilt of innocent blood from Israel, that it may go well with you. And you know, as we look at this, I'm, I just marvel at how God cares about life. I mean, of course he cares about life. He's the author of life. God is the giver of life. So it ought not to surprise us that he cares about even the unintentional things that happen in life. He cares about the person uh, who has committed a, a sin uh, uh, and, and deserves to die. Th those things have to be carried out, and we're going to look at that. But he also cares about the person who does it un unintentionally because we know that because we're sinful man, we have this old nature. And if you're born again, you have a new nature. But we still have this old nature bubbling under the surface. And if we're not careful, circumstances bring about our anger and our frustration. Are you ever surprised when you think that you're doing really well in your walk with the Lord and he allows something to happen in your life and you just are boiling mad and you're surprised by it? Well, he's not surprised. <laughs> we get surprised because I think I'm further along in, the, in, in my walk with him. And really what it is is just I just lacked opportunity. And then when that opportunity presents itself, my true nature comes out if I'm not careful. 
And that's why it's always good to crucify this old flesh of ours, to put it to death, to not allow the, the, the lusts and the things of our old nature to, ta- to have reign over our life. We have to be submitted to and governed by the Holy Spirit of God. He's the one who comes and he puts the lid on that old stinking thing. Can I use a term? My, my, my daughter just told me this term, and I really I giggled for like an hour. So I'm going to share it with you because it is, it is so appropriate to what we're doing now. But it is a little immature, so I'm going to share it anyway. Stench vessel. I can be this stench vessel and, and, and just my old nature. And God wants to take this lid and he wants to cover that stench vessel. He wants to cover it so that it doesn't express itself and exude like a volcano. Have you ever seen somebody really angry? They exude like a volcano. It's like Vesuvius. And they're a person who lacks self-control. And yet that's one of the, one of the, the gifts of, of the Spirit of God. One of the facets of the Holy Spirit is self-control. Temperance. Self-control. And so, but God cares about people. And, you know, there are those who are truly guilty of murder. And, and, and they will be killed as, uh, as well for their punishment. And we see that here in this chapter and we see capital punishment was a great deterrent against the spread of sin. You know, but anyone who inadvertently kills someone by accident, God cares about the innocence of that person, about the life of that person, because it wasn't done out of anger, it wasn't done out of spite, it wasn't done premeditatively. But God is just. And he may not be fair by sinful man's standards, but he is just. He's just. You know, why would God allow Jacob to be the heir of the promise and not Esau. Well, Esau, God blessed Esau as well. It wasn't that God, you know, there's a verse that says God, you know, he loved Jacob but hated Esau, but it doesn't really mean that he hated him in the sense of I'm, I'm ready to pounce on him and, and, and destroy him. It's just that he, he, loved, he loved Jacob and he, had, he knew what he was going to do through Jacob's life, but he also blessed Esau as well. But it wasn't fair, was it? It wasn't fair from the world's perspective. But God is not fair, and that may surprise you, but he is just. Because he does something in your life, and he has a plan for your life that's different from the plan that's in your life. And you may think, well, I like that plan better, and I deserve that because that's more visible. I, and I don't want to just clean the bathrooms and nobody see what I'm doing. I want to be the, you know, be the guy standing up front and talking, right? So, and so we do. We, we can get like that. In this chapter, though, too, we'll see that God cares also about the property of a man and what he has rightly obtained and paid for or inherited. We're going to look at that tonight as well. And he cares about justice being done rightly, that we're not just loose cannons. Think about what our justice system would be like if it was just whatever feels good, do it kind of mentality. Did you, do you know that our justice system was based on the things that we're going to read tonight of the Bible? A lot of the things that we see in our culture, we got from the Bible. And other cultures got from the Bible. And we're going to see that. So let's look at verse 1 again. Let's get back into it. It says, When the Lord your God has cut off the nations whom, whose land the Lord your God is giving you, and you dispossess them and dwell in their cities and in their houses, you will separate three cities for yourself in the midst of your land, which the Lord your God has given you to possess. Now, this land that God was going to give the children of Israel was land and inhabitants that God had pronounced judgment upon. It's not that God was, you know, just pick these people to be rude with. He, he, 
he gave them time to repent. Do you remember the 430 years that, that Israel was in Egypt? That 430 years God was giving the people of the land of Canaan, the Philistines, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, all those seven nations. He was giving them space to turn from their wicked ways because they were pagan, idolatrous people. And God was giving them time to repent. He always gives space for a nation to repent. And he gave them much, much time. And they continued in their wickedness. And there came a time when God says, enough is enough. I've given you plenty of time to turn. Now I have to bring judgment upon you. And he used the children of Israel to dispossess that people and to wipe out everybody. And that goes against the grain of the politically correct culture that we live in. Because nobody likes to think of going in and dispossessing somebody's land and wiping out everything and everybody. That goes against everything that this country uh, likes to purport that it has. And it's certainly bad if it was unjust. But that's God's decision. When he says that he does something for his purposes and he does it and he asks you to do it, you better believe that it's just and it's right. I don't have any right to really question God's ways. I mean, I might question his ways, but he is right. I'm always, always wrong. Whenever I read something in his word that goes against the grain of my personality or 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 against the grain of my culture that I'm living in, I'm wrong, and he is right. He is always right. And so he says, you shall separate. When When you go in and dispossess this land, you separate three cities, For yourself in the midst of your land, which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Verse 3 says, You shall prepare roads for yourself and divide into three parts the territory of your land, which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, that that the manslayer may flee there. So we're going to look at on the east side of the Jordan River, which I'll I'll put up a graphic. I've only got two slides tonight, three slides, that will just help this along, I think. When we see it, it'll make sense. But there's three cities on the east side of the Jordan River that we're going to look at. And they're all kind of equidistantly spaced out throughout the land. And God put them there. And he says, build roads in between them to make it real easy for the manslayer to, to, to go in between. I mean, certainly it's going to help going from one place to another. But it's also going to make the way real convenient and easy for someone who kills somebody by accident and is running from their brother or the, the, the man, the, the goel that we're going to look at tonight, the, the, the next in line, the male, who's upset that his brother was killed by accident even, and he's coming after you. He's mad. He's angry. And God even makes provision for that. He says, and this is, verse 4, the case of the manslayer who flees there, that he may live. Whoever kills his neighbor unintentionally, not having hated him in time past, as when a man goes into the woods, and we looked at this, if he's out there swinging an axe, and, and this has happened to me before. I mean, I haven't killed anybody, but I have my axe, and I go to hit it, and, and the top of the thing comes off, and, and it happened just at the right time where it didn't go flying across the road, you know, and, you know, hit my neighbors. Um, but if the, if the axe head comes off and, and kills somebody, that's unintentional. There was no anger involved. It was an accident. It was a really true accident. He says, if that happens, then the manslayer, the one who made the accident or caused the accident to happen, he shall flee to one of these cities and live. Notice verse 6, lest the avenger of blood, while his anger is hot, pursue the manslayer and overtake him because the way is long and kill him, though he was not deserving of death since he had not hated the victim in time past. I mean, this is all very innocent stuff, and this happens every day in America. 
Somebody will do something. They'll, they'll be in their car, and they're not looking behind them. And, you know, there's a child that lost a ball, and, it, and it's under the car. How many times has this, has this happened? It's so horrible. You know, and it's an accident. The mother backs up. She's in a hurry to work. She's got her coffee in one hand, her iPhone in the other, and she runs over the next-door neighbor's child by accident. Can you imagine the parent and the, the father and the mother when they hear about that? Boiling mad, hurt so deeply, they would, they would kill themselves if it would relieve the pain. They're so angry. But this is what we call, in, in, our, in our justice system, my, my family's in law enforcement. My mom's retired now, but my brother's still on the force down in Florida. But this is what you would call involuntary manslaughter. It wasn't voluntary. It was involuntary. It happened by accident. And notice the Lord gives an example here in verse 6 or in verse 5 just to kind of give you an idea of what this is all about. And these kinds of things happen. And and the word translated avenger of blood is literally goel. This is a a Hebrew word, and it's essentially a family protector. This this would be like the, 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 the near kinsman, and traditionally it would be the nearest male relative. And you can imagine if you killed somebody and the next male relative who's next in line, the next oldest, he's coming after you. He may come after you. He may not if he knows it's really an accident. But if there's something in his heart that thinks that maybe you did it on purpose, but he wasn't there to see it, he's going to be overcome with emotion and he's going to run after you. And so this allows them the manslayer, to flee to one of these three cities and be safe. And those cities in those days were usually walled, and there was a gate. And you would go in the gate, and you would present your case before the elders of that city, and you would tell them what happened and that it was unintentional. And it's their responsibility to look into this, to really look in at the case and see if, in t- if indeed you really are innocent and it really was an accident. Because if it was an accident, they're, they're required to keep the manslayer from coming into the gate, into the city, and killing you. And that was their job. That was what they were supposed to do. So verse 7, he says, Therefore I command you, Moses is telling them, saying you shall separate three cities for yourself. So these cities of refuge, these were on the east side of the Jordan, and this was done uh, before crossing the Jordan River. You remember when the children of Israel came out of Egypt um, before they went into the promised land, they came up on the east side of the Jordan. They, they slew these uh, kings over on the east side of the Jordan River, Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan. And they killed these two kings. And, uh, and, and God was saying, I want you to make three cities on the east side here, and I want you to make them cities of refuge. And we can see all the way back in the very fourth chapter of this very book that we're in right now, in verse 41, it says this, and this is back in the, in the very beginning of, of the book of Deuteronomy. It says, Then Moses set apart three cities on this side of the Jordan toward the rising of the sun. Where does the sun rise? It rises in the east. It rises in the east. So, toward the rising of the sun, that the manslayer might flee there who kills his neighbor unintentionally without having hated him in time past, and that by fleeing to one of these cities he might live. And here are the three cities. Bezer. In the wilderness on the plateau for the Reubenites, Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan for the Manassites. So we have these three cities. He goes on in verse 8 and he says, Now if your Lord your God, if he enlarges your territory as he swore to your fathers, 
And he gives you the land which he promised to give to your fathers. And if you keep all these commandments and do them, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to walk always in his ways, then you shall add three more cities for yourself besides these three, lest innocent blood be shed in the midst of your land, which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and thus guilt and thus guilt of bloodshed be upon you. And so we see this idea of the three extra cities. And so we saw the, the first three, and then we're going to skip over to uh, the book of Joshua. You might want to just go over there with me to Joshua chapter 20. We're just going to look at the first nine verses of this, because what we're, what we're doing right now is we're looking at something that happened later in time. Because if you remember, again, just so you can understand the timeline, they, they come out of uh, Egypt, then finally they get right to the edge of the, the Jordan River on the east side, and then they cross over the Jordan, and then they defeat Jericho, and then Ai, and then some time goes by, and then Joshua uh, dies, and then, actually, I'm sorry, back, back, backing up before he dies, they inhabit the, the land on the west side of the Jordan, and they divide it up according to Lot, according to their 12 tribes, right? Because uh, the, the other three tribes are on one side, and now the rest of them are going to be on the other side, on the west side. So let's look at verse 1 of Joshua chapter 20. It says, The Lord also spoke to Joshua, and again, this is later on. He says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourself cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses. And that's what we just read, right? And that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there. And they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he flees to one of those cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his case in the hearing of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city as one of them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And then if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand because he struck his neighbor unintentionally but did not hate him beforehand. And he shall dwell in that city. Notice this. This is really interesting. And he shall dwell in that city until he stands before the congregation for judgment so that they can review the case and until the death of one who is high priest in those days. And then the slayer may return and come to his own city and his own house to the city from which he fled only after the death of the high priest. You know, notice that he had to stay in that city until he stands before the congregation of that city for judgment and, and until the death of the high priest. And I love this because you see the, uh, here that the, the freedom came, the freedom for the manslayer came after the death of the high priest. And I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but I think there's something here that is very interesting for us as Christians because our freedom came, didn't it, after the death of our high priest, Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what happened to the manslayer. Once the high priest died, he was free, he, and nobody could touch him. Under fear of death, if they did, they would be put to death. And Satan, if you, you know, because of our transgressions, our avenger of blood, Satan, he seeks to destroy us. And Satan, in the word of God, is called the murderer, and he's called a liar. He's called a thief. However, we can flee to Jesus because he is our refuge. There is a song we used to sing, and it goes, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. 
the righteous run into it, and they are saved. And then it repeats, right? And, and that's the song that we sing, and, and, and how true it is. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.